Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, it's my time of year. It's the second half of the NBA season. Football is over, okay, but there's still a ton going on at DraftKings, and it's time to step into the monkey cage with the Gringo Mandingo. Let me ask you a question. Are your balls big enough? Huh? Are your basketballs big enough to go head-to-head with me, the Gringo Mandingo, on DraftKings.com? Football is done. But for true sports fans, there's no off-season. That's why you got to check out Daily Fantasy Basketball at DraftKings.com. With Daily Fantasy, there's no season-long commitments. You know that. Play whenever you want with your shot at serious money that night. Instant gratification or, in some cases, instant pain. You pick eight players, outscore the competition, and you win. Earn points for scoring, assists, blocks, and more. It's time to elevate fly above the rim with me the gringo mandingo at draftkings.com now i take on all comers anywhere any place anytime so come on and dance with the dingo heads up multiplayer whatever win lose what's most important is that we dance 
DraftKings has even set up a league for my listeners. Go to DraftKings.com slash IamRappaport right now. Use the promo code Rappaport to play for free. And I'm spicing things up. I'm starting a tournament this Friday, okay? I have a contest this Friday. The top 20 finishers will win cash and first place, okay? If you have the privilege of coming in first place, you win tickets to a Clippers game plus a meet and greet with me, the gringo man dingo himself. So step into the monkey cage with me and play for free at DraftKings.com forward slash I am Rappaport. The promo code is Rappaport. You want to dance with the dingo? Eligibility and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You've seen my prowess on the court at the Celebrity All-Star Game. But now it's time to go heads up. Or maybe you jump into a tournament. Whatever you want to do, we can do it at DraftKings.com. Are your basketballs big enough to dance with the dingo? This is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Coming live and direct from downtown Los Angeles. This is Michael Rapport. Special guest, Jay Williams. Happy to be here. Formerly Jason Williams. <laughs> <laughs> like, Makes me sound like Prince. When, when you had texted me, you were like, Jay, it's Jay Williams. And I'm like thinking like, because Jason Williams from, from New York, I know Jason. Yep. Then, then there's, I mean, how many Jay Williams are there? Like officially. There's, well, there's, there's three of us. So right. You don't understand how many times my life gets fucked up And then up there's with Joe Schmo Jason Williams. Well, there's eight million Jason Williams, right? So, but the crazy thing about it, MR, though, is that the, uh, I swear, every time the Jason Williams from the Nets was right. doing something, right. my ass happened to be in the same spot. Right. Like, he got tasered in New York. I was in New York, like, three blocks away. Right. He actually did something in Durham, North Carolina, where he got, he, I think he got a DUI. And get this, he was actually driving, and he moved himself over to the passenger seat after he got oh, in the right, car right, wreck. Right. And he was like, I don't know where the driver went. Right. My ass was in Durham, North Carolina. Right. So it's like every time he's doing some dumb shit, I right. happen to be around. Right. So. You you know Jay, other, the other Jason Williams, right? Have yeah. You, yeah. The one that played for the Nets, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's a good-ass dude, too. I he like is him. A good he's a dude. great dude, man. He's a great dude. He's one of the all-time best. Talk about yeah. a shitty situation. Yeah. Fucked up situation and life's fucking... That's how life can do it, though, so, man. So there's you... There's Jay, Jason Williams from New York, from the Nets. The White Chocolate. And there's White Chocolate. Who's the realest motherfucker I've ever met Is in my he a life. good dude? I never met him. I, I never really have kicked it with him. I've just gotten my ass busted by him. So you like, played against him when? I played against him my rookie year when he played for SAC. And that's when he was still like, that's when he was White Chocolate, White Chocolate. Like that's when I remember three possessions back to back to back where he would pound the ball up. And I'm staring at the ball bouncing up in the air. And he's like opening his arms like he's about to give me a hug. And I then quickly recognize that that means it's a four flat. Like, I'm going to be on an island by myself defensively. And I'm looking behind me like Jalen Rose, like, Jay, help me here. And Jay's like, nah, motherfucker, you, you got him all by yourself. Was he a problem? I couldn't stop him. Damn. He, and, and here's the thing. Like, within the, within the culture of sports, okay, right. let, let, let's, let's be real about this. Right. When a black dude can't stop a white dude, especially a point oh, there's guard, there's so much shit that's going to be spoken it's, it, about. It's it. not like in the in the post. It's not like you're in the post. You're, it's like as, as a point guard. It's, it's it's like you're out on an island. A white dude who who who's got handles. We already know this is an island to itself. Exactly. This is an enigma. A white dude with handles is like you might as well see it's a shooting star. And a white it's a dude, unicorn. A white dude with a white dude with forget Porzingis. A white dude, <laughs> Jay Williams is a fucking unicorn. I agree with you. Right. I've never seen anything like that. And he had, dude had a black, it was like I was playing against somebody from the Dykeman. I was playing against somebody from Rucker Park. Right. And you look at him like, nah, he don't got like that. And he was doing shit where he just left me in my stance. Like, I couldn't, 
there's nothing I could do. I would even try mentally to talk to him. And I felt like the more I spoke to him, the more I hyped him up. So the more damage I was doing to myself. And you're a rookie too, right? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a rookie, but I was a little cocky back but then But I'm saying, too. So, so he feels like there's that rookie shit. Like, it's like, I'm going to see what this rookie, this heralded rookie is going to do. Right. Well, he, well, here's the best part about it, though. Before the game even started, like, I'm... Like, look, you always, I'm always asking questions, right? Because I always want to learn from people, especially a guy like that, right? right? So I'm like, yo, like, you know, is there any advice that you can give me before we play? And he's like, yeah, my advice is stop asking me for advice. So right before we even got started, he's fucking my head up. I'm uh-huh. like, all right, like, here I am trying to say, hey, I recognize who you are. I recognize what you've accomplished. Like, give me some advice as a young rook in the game. And then he twisted and said, yeah, stop asking for advice. Who, what other players do you remember asking that question to that you got, que- got actual advice or shit like that? You would, was that like in the warm-up? Or in like where, where, it's where? like before the game where you come out, you shoot like two hours before right, the game. Right, right, right. You're just fucking around trying to right. get warmed up and stuff, right? Right. Uh, Steve Nash. Okay. Steve, but Steve is like, Steve's that subtle shit talker a little right. bit, right? Like he doesn't even do it maliciously. He's just right. talking shit to you in a very nice way, which is right. even more fucked up when you think about it. Right, because you're trying to put the pieces together. Yeah, he's simple, right? So I'm like, hey, Steve, like, you know, like defensively, like I've been struggling a little bit. Like how, like what kind of advice would you give for me? He's like, well, tonight there's nothing you can really do. Damn. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, because you're not guarding me. And I'm like, but I, but I will be guarding you. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, CJ, this is what you don't understand. This is what the fan doesn't understand about the game. You might think you're guarding me uh-huh. as a PG, but I'm going to involve you in a, in a pick and roll every time with Dirk Nowinski. So you know who's really guarding me? Tyson Chandler, because he's a guy guarding Dirk. He's saying this to you? Yeah, you know who you're really guarding? Dirk, a seven-footer who can shoot threes. And I'm like, shit, you're kind of right. Like in the whole night, we're in those kind of matchups. Right. He was screener, and like I'm, I'm in a high ISO with Dirk at the top of the key. Like what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like right. I, even if I get underneath him, like my head is at his waist. Damn. Like, he's still going to raise up over me. In his prime. In his, well, both of those dudes in their prime. They were a motherfucker in Dallas. And on and off the court. And he used to get after it in the bar afterwards. Both and of them? And enjoy it. Oh, yeah, they were the best, man. Like, they're, they're guys, guys. Like, come on. Like, everybody goes out and some guys kick it. Like, Steve, like, wears T-shirts and jeans. Right, you he looks like a, a fucking surfer. He is. He lives in, well, I think he lives, like, in what, Santa Monica? Let me tell you something. I met Steve Nash and I was offended. I was like, you don't even look... Like a bat, like talk about a uh, white man can't jump. Like he'd be the dude if you're in the park, you'd be like, and you don't want to play. Be like, I got this fucking guy. I- I'm gonna right. guard this guy in the in the, in the flip flops, and he's gonna bust <laughs> your ass. Like that's the guy. Like you're like, fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it easy for myself. I got homeboy, and you're like, you're hitting him and shit. This is my man right here. I got him easy. That's and, easy. And that's he's e- doing the Justin Bieber hair thing, right? He's always curling the hair. He doesn't look like an athlete. No, he's a surfer. Like he has a wetsuit on. Yo, but I that cat has moves for days though. I'm never. Euro steps, all that shit. All that shit. All that shit that you've never seen before. Growing up in the tri-state area, in, you know, you're a little bit, I don't know if you were AAU or before that, but like, you know, you know, growing up in New York, Jersey, you're from Jersey, yeah, Jersey yep. and then the Connecticut, but like, you know, you were one of the heralded dudes from Jersey. You mentioned Jay Williams, White Chocolate. Who are some other point guards, either in high school, in the parks, you know, skip to my Lou, that you were like, Fuck. God, Sham, God, yo. God, God. I, and tell, I, call, who he, I call another man God. Right. That's fucked that up. That shit lets you fucking know how serious his game is. Like, I still see, I saw Russell Westbrook do the God, Sham, God. I think he did it against Phoenix, right? And he put poor Tyler Eulis back at PG on skates. But, like, yo, I've seen God do that shit, like, live in a game, like, in traffic. Like, and make people spin around. 
Like, I've never played against somebody who had handles like that. It right. didn't matter where he was. He can put the ball between your legs, shank it back on you, like, make you spin live in the game. And he wasn't carrying the ball. He wasn't doing all that shit that you see a lot of these young dudes now. Where they, Like, I love Jamal Crawford. I think he has one of the realest handles right. in the league, right? Right. But God's shit was so much more compact, right? If you watch Jamal, his shit is out there, right? right. Like, he dangles the ball like a carrot. Like, I right. dare you to reach for it. Where God was like, da, 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 da. Right. And you're like, why did I just get shot by four bullets in the chest and not even know it was coming? Right. Like, that's how his game was. He's one of the, he's one of the all-time best. Yo, I see him light people up at Dykeman for like 55. He was a problem when you were playing against him. Yeah, because and, and he had the upper body strength where he could run through you. Like, he didn't need to get around you. He would go through you. Who, who else? Who were the other dudes? Either in the league, like that you're just like, when, like when I first say that, you kind of like your heart beats a little faster. Like point guards, just handle. Just handle-wise. AI. I mean, I never, I mean, it's like, I grew up thinking I knew what it was. Like, I grew up a diehard Georgetown fan, which is so funny. I ended up going to school in the ACC, but, like, my dad loved John Thompson. Right. Like, my dad's, like, Black Panther, Black Power all day long. We'll be standing on it. Now that Trump's selected, my dad's on the side of the street just with a fist. He's just out there. For no damn reason, just on the corner with the fist up. That's who my father is, right? So my father loved John Thompson, loved everything he stood for. He took these kids from the inner city of D.C., like the streets, right. and molded them into young black men. Right. Right? My dad loved that. And he's like, you're going to Georgetown. So watching AI come from where it came from in Virginia and then find a way out, like I've like he was the fastest dude, and he he only weighed about a buck fifty, soaking wet. Like so, if you touch him, he was really getting fouled. Like people were like, oh, he's you know he he flaunts all the time, or you know he's always flailing. I'm like, no, nah, that dude really gets hit. Right. There's a reason why he goes to the free throw line like 16 times a game. Right. Like I've never seen anybody with his quickness before. He was a motherfucker. He was the fastest dude I've ever seen. He was a lightning on the basketball court, and I was pretty fast. Like I would put myself. Like, as one of the fastest young guards when I was in there. Like, it's right. up, like, north to south. Right. I feel like I can compete with anybody. Right. And I couldn't, I couldn't stay with him. Like, white chocolate, like, east to west, I didn't see anything like it. Uh-huh. Allen Iverson, north to south, never seen anything like it. Wow. All right. I got to ask you this. Jay, 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 Jay Williams, college basketball, you know it all. Connecticut women's have just won 100 games in a row. Yep. Okay. Gino, how do you say his last name? Because I want to be respectful. Ariema. Gino Ariema. Okay. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. I have a big fucking problem with this whole fiasco. Okay. Talk to me about uh, it. No, this games is good. In, See, I okay, love this. 100 games in a row. Let me, let me tell you something, Gino. You, you know Gino. You got his phone I number? I know. Yeah, I got tell, Gino's tell phone Tell Gino number. it's time to take his fucking talents elsewhere. You won 100 <laughs> games in a row. This is a fucking joke. You won 40 56 of those games were by 40 points or more. Agreed. Okay. Uh, 97, I think, out of 100 of those games were by double digits. This is inhumane. Maybe maybe it's time to take your talents elsewhere. Maybe, since you're such a badass, Gino, you could text him that you're such a badass. Maybe, instead of beating girls by 40, why don't you play four on five? But let me ask you a question. Is this for you? Is this because that's who I, you are? Or would you, I mean, if you're the highest paid coach at your level and you're creating a dynasty, why would you want to leave? Fucking dynasty. Listen, I respect women's basketball, and this is not about women's basketball players. I played in the celebrity games. I, I once uh, scrimmaged against the women's Olympic basketball team with a bunch of actors. They cracked our ass. So I want to preface this by saying it's not women's basketball. Wait, you got Gino, your ass cracked by the time, women's team? Cracked. Cr- our ass cracked. <laughs> 
bunch of actors. My man Boris Kojo and crap. Who can't hoop at all, by he the way. He can't hoop at all. He looks like he, he looks the part, though. He looks the part. I love BK. Part. BK can't play at all. You can't tell him he can't play. <laughs> so I, this is not about women's basketball. This is not about women, college women's basketball or pros. I know these girls can play. I, it's about Gino fucking, how do you say his last name? Arima. It's time to go, my man. It's time to go. Where do you want him to go? Fucking go to the world. You're such a great coach. You're such a well, basketball But then we mind. get back to the same thing, though, MR. Like, oh, parody across the women's sport. At least he's given us something to pay attention to. Pay attention to the Nobody fucking sport. Nobody pays slaughter. attention to women's sport. The ASPCA should fucking intervene. He's win by 56 out of 56 games. Wait, by did you get mad points. when the Yankees dominate shit? Did you get mad dominate. when the Knicks were dominating for a little bit? Fucking what dominate? This back is, this 50 is years a fucking slaughter. But this is slaughter, man. I want to tell this guy, play four girls. You're such a a brilliant basketball mind and Doris Burke, the great play Doris. Play four girls. Play four. Play at a disadvantage. Yeah, then we'll see what you got. Or maybe we give them. <laughs> we you hook it up. Maybe we give them an 11 seed in the tournament. Then we'll see what you got, Gino. Well, here's okay. So then wait, we'll see so wait, what wait, you wait, fucking got. So we have so many teams that have talent, right? Yes. Like Lakers had talent back in the day when they had this power team. Golden State has talent. Yes. LeBron's team has talent. So why are we hating on teams that are talented? Because other teams can't recruit like him, so that's his fault that he can recruit the best players. I'm saying John Calipari recruits the best players all the time for Kentucky, but they didn't win a hundred fucking games in a row. Yo, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, it, obviously the competitive to me it's Ronda Rousey ish. It's like before, like oh. it, 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 yeah, it's like she was great until it was competitive. I'm saying I want to get a couple of girls, hard hitting, hard hitting chicks from the five boroughs. Maybe we get like a UNLV running rebels, Jerry Tarkanian type of crew. That'd be great for women's and sports. And bust their fucking ass. I would love to see somebody. Bust I, I want to bust their fucking ass. But it just ass. doesn't fucking happen. But Doris Burke was like, he, he's like Phil Jackson and Bill Belichick. He's like Pat Riley and Greg Popovich. Stop it. You know he's, one, he, he's one of the greatest college coaches to ever coach the game. Well, when there's a big table of, co- of great coaches, he's the fucking valet. And they're like, come on, come on in here. Come on, Gino. Tell us a couple of stories about winning 100 <laughs> games in a row. And then they, I could go, go, so go wait, get my so car. Wait, so why? So Greg Popovich is better suited than Gino Armia? Well, we don't Arianna. know. We don't know. I'm just I'm saying it's like at a certain point, get the fuck out of college, women's college but basketball. Here's my thing, though. He and can, why is Connecticut? Because he can control who he brings in. When you start going to the league, you have to worry about general managers, presidents. Look at our own fucked up situation in New York. You're telling me it doesn't matter what fucking coach you are. You could be Derek Fisher trying your which is fucked up that Phil Jackson would bring him to New York for his first job. Isn't that anyway, crazy? why would you ever accept that Let's as your stay first on Gino, job? Stay Sorry. on Gino, though. But still, there's so many other things above that. Right, that help you. I mean, college, you control who you bring into your program. But why wouldn't a guy like Gino go, you know what? I- I'm going to go to the, the, the men's game. You know, like, so it's a little bit more competitive. Why? To prove himself to you? To, no, well, for, yeah, me, yeah well, just me. Just but, me. But Gino, else? I can't even say his last name correct. <laughs> it's time to prove yourself to me, Michael Rappaport, because all this other shit you're doing, and me, 100 games in a row. I mean, I, a fucking YMCA six-year-olds, no one wins 100 games in a row. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, it's the, difficult to do. So Nobody can a, fucking do totally it. Totally difficult. But do you think it has to do with him, the fact that now they get all the blue chip chicks? Girls, <laughs> Wait, say that again? The, the blue, blue chip, chip chicks. chicks. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, it's like it's right a there, fucking joke, man. They won 56, out of, 56 games out of 100 by 40 or more. You know, I'm just saying, just because he's done it and it's 100 games in a row, it might seem easy to the viewer, but it's not fucking easy. Of course Mike. it's not. It's not easy. It's not it's easy not. to bring talent to a team and to break that talent down and to get them played together. It, but, it's not. But don't you think at a certain point he should be like, at least challenge himself? Like, I mean, this is like a joke to me at this point. And that's why it's like, it's not like head. If, 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 if you win 40, if, you're, if, you, if you go through a college, a men's college basketball season and you're undefeated, 
It's huge news. This guy won 100. You can't really take oh, it totally seriously. Let me ask you a question. So you're, you're a great actor. All right? <laughs> Thank you. You're a great actor. I've been watching you for a long time. Thank you. Fucking love your work. Love all the things that you've done. Thank you. I think you represent so well. Thank you. So when you, when you watch yourself, yes. right, do you compare yourself to other actors or do you compare yourself to what is your own best? I don't. When I watch myself. Like how do you grade your performances? It, it, well, I grade my performance. Well, it's different. Sports and, 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 and acting and sports and, and quote unquote art. Although I think certain players like Iverson mm-hmm. took it to an art form because like somebody like Iverson, the exertion, that the physical yep, exertion yep. was an expression of more about who he was as a person than who he was as a basketball player. Allen Iverson's effort. Allen Iverson wasn't the best at anything, wasn't the best shooter. He might have had the best handle, he was the quickest, but he wasn't the best shooter. He had a fucked up form. He, he was a reluctant passer. He had the, I mean, he had he, one of the biggest hearts in the game, though. And you that's question his spirit. And that's an, that's an artistic expression, Agreed. as far as I'm, that's like some Tupac shit. Like, uh-huh. Tupac wasn't the best rapper, but there was something about him that you felt like you, you, he made it, it tangible. Yeah. You know, and that's sim- similar to Iverson. I don't know how we got on Iverson. So, but when I watch myself acting, it's more like a checklist. But I look at careers, it's more career as opposed to performance, you know, as opposed to like you go, well, my body of work, and, and, you know, I'd like to have this body of work, and I'd like to sort of take this left turn like this actor. Okay. But it, it's, it's not like sport. So, but I, I, I look at it from a sports point of view, but it's, it's different though. Okay. See, I feel like I'm a little bit twisted mentally, right? where I want to be the best at everything I do. Right. So I approach the game every single day that way. I don't compare myself to even doing TV like a Michael Strahan. Now, I appreciate what Strahan has been able to accomplish. Right. Yo, but I'm running my own race. Right. So for a guy like Gino or a guy like a Kobe or a guy like LeBron, like these motherfuckers are competing with themselves. So when somebody says, hey, you should go to the next level because we want to see how you can do against that talent, he's like, yo, I'm running my own race down here. You know what? I want to win 200 games straight. I want to win 300 games straight. So whenever somebody says hey that's not enough for who for you because I'm, I'm in a different race for myself i hear you I was, there's a different bar i, I get and that's it. why i think gino's going i i get it and with gino but i still think when the great coaches are sitting around he's the valet you know the scene in goodfellas is, uh, is that because he does women's sports it's because he does women's it's sports, because he does much. women's sports and it, so it, women's sports it's not it's not a disrespectful to women it's like just the competitiveness across the board you can't compare it to the men's NCAA. Okay. Just like with Ronda Rousey, I was up her ass, no pun intended, because I was like, she's not the greatest. She's fought 12 times, and then the one time she got punched in the face. She couldn't take a hit. She couldn't take it. So how can we say she's the greatest? How could you be the greatest fighter? We're talking about physical fighting if you've never got punched in the face. You can say the same for Floyd. Floyd's been under duress. A little bit. Floyd but over really. his career. But, he, but he's won a lot of more he's won a lot more fights defensively. Totally. But it, but it was it was fifty fights. I'm saying with her they never started calling Floyd the greatest ever at twelve fights. That's fair. Okay. So I'm just saying, but I just to clarify again, I totally respect women's basketball. I played against them. Girls are no joke. But I'm just saying across the board, NCAA women's basketball is nowhere near as competitive as NCAA men's basketball. Agree? I, I, w- I would agree with you in on that. In the big scope, and, and, and in terms of the team, it's a lot more difficult because you have a lot more one and dones, and there's a, this cycle of players that come in and nod and you know transfers and all that other shit. So I, I agree with you. And so, 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 but it's because it's a women's sports, but also it's like if if let's just say let's say your guy uh, Krzyzewski, or let's say a college uh, a men's I, college. I love that you just called him Krzyzewski. Well, how do you say it? It's Krzyzewski. Krzyzewski. But you know what? For the sake of the show, we should call him Krzyzewski. Okay. Let's I, call him Michael Krzyzewski. Michael Krzyzewski. I like it. Is it it's Krzyzewski? It's Krzyzewski. Do you know how to spell it? K-R-Y-C. Oh, you had it. K-R-Y-Z. 
Why? Well, yeah, how the fuck E-W-S-K. can you spell that? If I, would, if I could spell <laughs> Krzyzewski or say Krzyzewski, you think I'd be doing a fucking podcast for no, no, I'd be somewhere in Silicon Valley <laughs> fucking giving you stock tips. I don't know. The fact that I asked you to spell it, you took a jab at it. Well, I, I know I like it's it. K-R-Y, it. and then it just gets like, it should be asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. There's an I in there, a C. Throw another I. It's okay. Day. His name's Krzyzewski. We're, we're on the Is same one. Is it Krzyzewski or Krzyzewski? Go back to Ariema. Okay, wait, what was I saying? So I was saying, like, let's say Krzyzewski, let's say a, a men's college coach won 100 games in a row. certain point, they're going to be like, the Celtics need a fucking, you're going to want to go to another level. There's- I don't know. I don't know. I've seen a lot of coaches not want to go to another level. Calipari, because he's down there, who knows what the fuck he's getting on Krzyzewski, the side. I've seen Krzyzewski not want to go. I've seen Tom Izzo not want to go to Cleveland to coach LeBron. You don't understand the amount of control that you have on the collegiate level compared to the pro level. Like at the collegiate level, you are your own GM. You are your own president. I got that. All that overhead is covered. You don't have to worry about living, expenses, travel, all this stuff. Has this guy Gino, has this guy Gino ever coached otherwhere other than Connecticut? No. Okay, so maybe he's coached coach like USA basketball, right? For the women, for the women, and they're yeah. an ass kicking team. I'm yes. telling you, I, again, I, this is not about women. It's just like about Gino. It, there's something for me about certain college coaches, and you know this better than anybody. Okay, and I don't want to get you because you're, 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 I don't want to get. This is just my opinion. No, no, getting hyped up. I like this. My opinion, but like the Calipari's, and I'm like, yeah, I, 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 this is a fucking snake oil sale, oil salesman, and the Patinos, and there's the sanctions, and there's not the sanctions, and I'm Calipari, I'm just here for the kids. You don't give a fuck about the kids. You want them for the, especially now. You want them for the one year. You want your championship. You want a fucking raise. You want your car, your auto shop car. These car sales. That's the reality. Why, why wouldn't you want everything? So that. here's my thing. As a kid, I want to be in one and done. I want to find the quickest way to make my money. It's not the NCAA's rule that I have to come to school for one year. It's the NBA's rule that I have to be a certain age limit in order to get to the league. So if you're Kyle, why wouldn't you be smart? Why wouldn't you sell a one and done society? Yeah, he wants his cars. He wants to fly around privately. He wants to be on Jimmy Fallon. I'm not going to fault him for that. He's trying to help me get to my goal as quick as possible, too. So everybody's trying to make money. I get that. Because the NCAA is the only thing that makes, is makes money. Right I, I agree with that. And I, and, I, and, I, and I like that Calipari is sort of giving into it. Like, fuck it. These but he is a car salesman. He's a great car salesman. He's a fucking too. car salesman. He fucking know sells car, all the time. And sometimes they're used cars. I agree with you. Sometimes it's not a, like. But that's the, that's the game that everybody's playing right now. Everybody's selling games. So, so what, do you, what do you think of these, these coaches? Like, so, I mean, the culture of college basketball, I know it's changed since you were playing. What kind of wild shit were you getting offered or was your father getting offered, come to this school, come to that school? Are you allowed to even talk about that? Yeah, I talk about it a little bit in my book. I, I didn't. I didn't get offers from schools, right. but I, I got offers from runners, right? Like runners are guys who work for agents, and let's not act like we don't know how this game is being played. Right? How does how's it played? So runners essentially work for the agents, right? right. So it's, it's like you know, any kind of contractor, if you go out and if you secure a client, then we give you a percentage of what, the, of what the overall agency gets, right? So that's what a runner's job is, right? So if he were to procure me as a client and the agent gets 4%, the agent might promise the runner, okay, like I'll give you 0.25 for that 4%. Right. Right? So that's how he gets paid. But agents are also in bed with coaches because coaches need to recruit players. Right. right? So AAU coaches, right? You know, Charles Barkley talking about AAU yeah, babies, right? Yeah, AAUification. It's real. So I did a report on this, right? A lot of players that came to these AAU teams that are these great players that get drafted, 
a lot of them come from single parenting homes. Right, I get right? that. Where they come from like their mom They being, come from the bottom. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally understand. I was lucky enough not to come from that situation, right. but a lot of my friends did, right? So I would see the AAU coaches become the de facto father figures for these kids. And this is when you're in high school. All This from okay. grammar school. To, I played on like, I was an AAU whore. I right. was a slut. I played for like eight different teams. Right. Because my mom and dad didn't want anybody to say that they own me, right? To, I got you. To get money. So an AAU coach, the fact, de facto father figure for these kids, they form relationships with agents. Agents are able to give them money. Right. And it's because they're 501c3s. Right. Right? So look, I was part of an agency for a while. We gave a guy named Pat Barrett close to $100,000. Right? $100,000 for the likes to have ends to talk to Kevin Love, to have ends to talk to all these other players that came up through their system. Right? Now, a lot of times the kids don't know, but a lot of times the kids can know too. Right. But if you're a kid, why the hell would I ever say anything? Right. I'm not going to say something to jeopardize my career. Right. We might be taking money, but I don't know shit. Right. I don't know anything. Like, right. That's the way the game, everybody's hustling here. So when you, rec- when you recognize the inner workings of the business behind it, you get that college coaches are in the pockets of, of agents who have these AAU coaches in their back pocket. So it's a funneling system, man. It's a business around all these athletes that the NCAA is the biggest puppeteer of them all. Who Does it, does it make you sick? Can it be fixed? Um, will it ever change? Will, will, will college athletes change. ever get fucking anything? I hope so. I hope, I hope we move towards it. I mean, it's not like the NBA doesn't already have something like that in place. There's a revenue-sharing platform that they have in place. So when you start seeing these astronomical fucking numbers that TNT and the likes of Turner and TBS have bought the rights to the NCAA tournament for $10.5 billion, $10.5 billion, like, yo, there, there's enough money to go around at least a little bit. Now, look, you get into Title IX and all the legalities of how this shit really works out. But at the end of the day, you can't tell me for your biggest grossing sports in football and basketball, you can't say, look, we live in a capitalistic society. If you go to a Duke, you're going to get more money than if you go to a LaSalle. But you can't say, hey, we're going to put a certain amount of money each year and we're going to leave it in escrow. And if you graduate maintaining a certain GPA, right, then you're entitled to money. At least allow me to have that. Then me myself see my jersey sale do three point five million dollars my last year, but I can't take forty dollars from an agent for a fucking steak after a game. Mm-hmm. But my head coach can make a, a lifetime contract for millions of dollars, and everybody else can make money around me and be incentivized by going to the second round of the NCAA tournament, right? The fourth round or the championship and get a hundred thousand dollar bonus, but I'm supposed to be happy with the trophy? Like, come on, man, this is this crazy. The I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattress, an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. You could try a Casper mattress for 100 nights risk-free in your home. If you do not love it, they will pick it up and refund you everything. With over 20,000 reviews online and an average of 4.8 stars, Casper is quickly becoming the Internet's most popular mattress. They have sheets. They have pillows. They even have doggy beds. Go to Casper.com. Save $50 towards any mattress purchased by visiting www.casper.com forward slash Rappaport. Use the promo code Rappaport. Try a Casper mattress 100 nights risk-free in your home. If you don't love it, they will pick it up and refund you everything. Go to www.casper.com forward slash Rappaport. Network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
when when you're when you were in college, like I mean, did you have this perspective? Obviously, you're older now. And and how old are you now? I'm 35. So so you're you're not an 18 year old kid, and you've learned in the business, and you know you participated in it, and you studied, and you are. But when you're 18 years old, and you're at Duke, how aware of this were you then, as compared to what you just kicked right aw- now? I was aware, but here's the thing: people made you feel guilty for what? For <laughs> well, you have to pay your dues. Okay, you have to be patient. This is a long term process. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And who's the people that are saying this? I mean, shit? everybody from coaches to people that want you to stay in school. I mean, and, and that's where a guy like Cal, right, or a guy like Krzyzewski has adjusted, <laughs> right? Because now they're like, no, we want you to leave, right? So when all of a sudden the narrative of your program changes to, we want you to go out and accomplish your goals as quickly as possible for a Kyrie Irving. Mm. He played 12 or 13 games. Right. Right. Like he need to come back and play. But Kay was like, go. Right. Right. Where that wasn't the narrative 10 years ago. It was like, you need to stay. Right. Right. So you need to learn how to be a leader or other things. And look, there are invaluable things that you can learn from being in college. I'm not right. saying that at all. Right. Yo, but nothing prepares you. Nothing, Mike, prepares you for fucking being on an NBA plane and seeing somebody lose $200,000 with a roll of a dice. Nothing, I don't care how long you stay in school, you might be a tad bit more mature, but all of a sudden you have money in your bank and somebody's saying, hey, here's $500 per day for per diem, we're on the road for two weeks, and somebody just hands you over stacks of money, and that's your play money? Like, nobody can prepare you for that. Nobody can prepare you for being out and seeing a dope ride and actually looking at your bank account and be like, yo, I just made $280,000 the last two weeks for doing what? Shooting Jays in the gym? Like, now, yo, it's keeping up with the Joneses. Why would you not want to buy something? You may understand it may not be the right thing for me, but not a lot of these kids think long term. It's instant gratification, man. Right. It's the world we live in. The same way we can say... Like, we're so quick to jump to conclusions with anything these days. Like, you know, that was the best game we've ever seen. Right. Like, I don't know. That was probably maybe the best Super Bowl right. I've ever seen. But I feel like we have that conversation yeah. more than less. It, it's, it's the Twitter. It's the Instagram. And, 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 and things like it's an instant classic. Like with hip hop, you know, like instant classic. I'm like, my man, if you're listening to this shit Forget listening to it in 20 years. Let's see if you're listening to it in 20 months. I'm with you. I'm talking about your fucking instant classic. You're not even bumping that shit in two weeks. Talk about instant classic. Like a record will come out the first day and they're like instant classic. Check in with me in a fucking month. You're not even listening to that whack ass shit that you're saying. It's an instant classic. You know, it's that whole sort of crossover culture. Like, you know, like like everybody's so scared to be uh, guard people up because if you get crossed over, your your fucking life is in mm-hmm. shambles because exactly. it's all over Twitter and Instagram. Like everything's like ah, he crossed him up. He's playing D. If you're playing D, you're supposed to get crossed you're up. Suppo- if you're playing hard, you're supposed to. I actually want to see it hurt when you get crossed up. Right. I want to see that you fucking care about it. Right. Instead of us. Having a situation like Lamelo Lamelo Ball, who drops ninety two, ninety two, and all the kids are like, oh yeah, they're I'm going all over crazy. social media because he's dropping ninety two. Yeah, like, cherry are you fucking picking. kidding me? Ninety two. I'm going to clothesline the kid. The, that's the, the second time I'm going to clothesline. Right. I want to fight. I'm sorry. If he was in New York City in the eighties, nineties, somebody's going to get in a fight. You're not scoring, especially with no disrespect. I know with he's a hair, young kid. He's that, a young kid, so I'm, kinda, not, I'm being funny. But yo, you come into a gym, you're in Dykeman. You're in fucking Riverside Church gouges. You ain't scoring 92, especially with no blonde streak. That's just not happening. I know he's a kid. I'm being no, funny. Nobody's, no, nobody's. We but it. I'm saying, you're not scoring. In New York City basketball back in the day, tri-state area basketball, which is down the fucking toilet. You're one of the last of the guys. You know, you're, you're Jersey. But, like, New York City basketball was competitive, especially with the guards. 
There's a long, long, Lineage. long. You, you mentioned Sham God. I mean, forget the guys that even made the pros. There's guys, other dudes, like a nameless, faceless dude. Dude's that, out there still busting people's ass, but just never got afforded the, the opportunity. The, the Arnold brothers, the John Arnolds. Yeah. And the, you know, oh, no, shit, okay. Going those back are my on dudes, a, man. Those are my, yo, you know. They used to be able to. Let me ask you about Instant Classic, though. Tribe Called Quest, Grammys, Instant Classic. Instant Classic. Powerful, Instant, powerful, powerful performance. You know, it, it, it's so hard it, 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 it for me personally to, to to watch them perform. First of all, it makes me happy, but to watch them perform post Fife, and mm-hmm. then to hear their, that hear his voice like on that song "We the People," it bugs me out. And then you know with with, with, the, with the way they performed and the Trump, you know, and the speaking out and, and to see Tip and and you feel the emotion with Tip and Joby, like and even like, Busta. I mean, they're all brothers. Yes, you, you feel the emotion, but like when Fife comes on, and and him being gone. And then finally being at the Grammys, like it's it, it, it that was hard. That one was hard to watch. Like the, when they performed the SNL tribe, like I was like, this bugs me out because yeah, it's emotional. Was, yeah, you know he was the you know he was such a part of the group, and for for, the, for them to sort of get re- received and and or some they've always been received, but for them to sort of like go, all right, we're going to do these shows. You know, and then without him, it, 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 I'm so happy. And then I'm, their performance was like the, the the show of the night. I agree with you. Even with Beyonce, I, I still think that Tribe, you know, were the ones that won it. So I think it was talk about that was a legitimate instant classic. I know the, the the best part. I love watching people be awkward. I think it's fucking fascinating. I think I can find out so much about you if you're in a situation that you feel uncomfortable with. How do you handle that? Do you become reclusive? Do you become extroverted? Like, you know, what's your mentality? And watching the fucking crowd while that shit was happening, the masses of Caucasian people that were there, right? It was like everybody was like, people didn't know whether to dance, whether to listen. It was such an uneasiness that I thought it resonated. I I agree. I felt the uneasiness on TV, which made the statement even more powerful. I agree. Right? Because people didn't know how to handle it. No, I agree. That's what I like about it. And and, and Tribe, you know, it's like they've always been political. I mean, one of the most, I think it's Smithsonian worthy, one of the most sort of provocative, smart hip-hop songs. And I love all the groups. You know, I I always get Tribe because of the doc but the, the, you know, the, the, I'll say it because it's the title of the song. Because you say it wrong, I could go to fucking prison here. Political correct prison. <laughs> but the tribe called Quest song titled "Suck a Nigga." Mm-hmm. It's it's so timeless. Oh, timeless. And what he's saying and the messaging and, and like the, the the flow of it, everything about it. I mean, and that, talk about a political song mm-hmm. and like a smart song. But they, you know, even in, you know with Fife, you know, it's like they they were young. But Mr. Dinkins, would you please be my mayor? And then to go from that. that- to the Grammys the other night, the Emmy, was it, the, Gra- the Grammys, Grammys, I just thought it was, I just love them so much, and I love hip-hop so much, and, you know, for me, watching the Grammys and all these fucking artists who were protesting, pro- really? The Tribe Called Quest is performing, you're, you're protesting, That's who it. the fuck are you? I'm with you. Who the fuck are you just protesting? sit down, what? be quiet, and pay attention. You should be at the show, or we're not showing up because of this, and the Frank Ocean, who are you? You're not fucking Teddy Pendergrass, you ain't the fucking Harold Melvin and the Blue, Frank Ocean, yeah, you made a couple of songs that are cute, Tribe's performing, then you should fucking be there. None of you guys are above Tribe Coco, Drake and Kanye. They're not showing. You know what? Who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck that you're not showing up? Tribe's there. They're performing. You should be in the crowd fucking cleaning the carpet they, that they walk on. You're talking about protesting? Tribe Cold Quest is there. What the fuck are you talking about? Hove is thing? there. You're better than Hove. Hove didn't protest. Who the fuck are you? 
That's the funny thing, though. Everybody has their own thing, right? Like, I don't fault anybody. I thought a lot more people should have been there. Yeah. I thought it would have been a lot more powerful, yet everybody there that was able to unite, right? Yeah. But you know a song that I resonate with, Schooly D, right? Yes. Right? Am I black enough for you? Yes. Like, yo, that song resonates with me because I feel like that's been my whole fucking life. It's mm. a, I was curious to ask you, right? Like, as a, as a white dude, like, it blows my mind, right? So when I, back in Plainfield, when I would be on the corner of my boys after we would play, like, somebody would ask me a question about making money. And, like, I've always wanted to make a lot of money my whole life, right? I've always wanted to be a CEO of my own company. Mm. And to be able to spit knowledge on how to hustle and how to make money, like, people will call me white for that. Right. Or they would say, you're Uncle Tom or you're a sellout. Right. Or the fact that you like hip-hop. Right. I'm sure people would say, yo, why are you trying to be a wigger? Yeah. Or, or why are you, you trying to be you black? You think you're black. I don't understand what that shit means. No, I'm just fucking me. Right. Like, my dad's always taught me, yo. Like, you have to, you have to understand or learn how to hustle. You have to be a chameleon. So when you're around corporate folks... Be corporate. Now, why? Because the only person that's affecting is your bank account. Right. Understand how to play that game. Right. And I, th- I think it's smart, and, and I, I think it's, a, it's such a good question to bring up. And, 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 you know, for me, it's like, I mean, my, my, my experience was the opposite. I grew up on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. You know, I just fell in love. It was weird because I fell in love with hip-hop via, like, right away. My father worked mm-hmm. at a radio station. He brought home Sugar Hill Gang record before it was on the air. He said, this is called hip-hop. He said, this is called rap music. It's going to be a big thing. This is 1979. Brought home the promotional copy of Rapper's Delight. Mm. So I'm, and this is when you have That's records. Dope. You have yeah, shit. Yeah. And basketball. So growing up in Manhattan, falling in love with hip-hop and basketball, and then, you know, I'm on the east side of Manhattan. It's just basketball. I'm like, they're like, you want to be good? You need to go here, play. You need to find other places. But the places where you play... Is in the hood, mm-hmm. and it just was organically. My best friend wanted being from Harlem and from Brownsville section of Brooklyn. Yep. I go in Brownsville, in the co- in the park. This is 1982. World be free. Is there drinking beers, playing ball? This is that's what hoops really was. That's what it is. The you know me playing in the uh, you know the Upper East Side with all my white Jewish kids. I want to be in the best at the sixth grade. I was done. You go somewhere <laughs> else. They're like, okay, I'm not that fucking good. But you know, I was going to ask you about that because for you being a black dude, like they'll be like, oh, well, Jay's corny. He's not hoodie. You're from you're from Jersey, and mm-hmm. you and you know you and when you get on the court, you see dudes like you're not talking all that shit. But when you get on the court, like somebody like White Chocolate, he's doing all this shit. Like your game was like. You'd bust ass, but it wasn't, like, flashy. Nope. And, and then you go to Duke. And the whole thing, like, when the I hate Christian Leitner thing, like, they thought everybody was cornballs. Mm-hmm. Like, so what was that like for you in terms of being a young black dude and the stereotypes of what you're supposed to be like and being a young black, black basketball player? The stereotypes are so prominent to this day. And I think they're getting better because you see guys like LeBron. You see guys like yourself. It's not just like, you know, like, there were so many dudes. You know, it's not just like, the the, the the sort of scary image that people mm-hmm. thought. You know what I mean? Like, but, but like being a young dude going to Duke, the stereotype is what? Well, it's still a stereotype now. You'd be amazed at some of the things that people say to me, right? Like even like producers, like, well, we don't know if he really appeals to the black demographic. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, how, how am I supposed to appeal to the black demographic? Well, like, you know, do you want to hear that I listen to hip-hop? Do you want to hear that I fuck with Travis Scott? Like, do you want to understand what hip-hop I listen to? Do you want to know my lineage with some of the things my dad has my done with the black panties? My father's on the corner with this like, fucking, with this fucking fist, fist right now. Like, you guys have, he has dad, an eating. It's Sunday, I got to bring him meals just to eat. It's Sunday afternoon, and my dad's at home with a fucking dashiki on, okay? <laughs> Talking about spiritual African dances. Like, I understand my culture, right? But You should same, bring your father to the broadcast from uh, now I'm, and, I'm just, a, and just, just have him there. They're like, who is it? This is my fun. He ain't he ain't saying shit. He just the fist is raised. But it's always been funny because basketball has been the one sport that's allowed me to cut through like cut through the clutter. 
Because right? when you're on the court. Because I earn respect. Regardless of whether you thought I talked white, regardless of whether you thought. Look, I was told I went to all white school too, right? Like the place I grew up in was predominantly black. The school I went to was predominantly white and Jewish, right? My friends would call me Sammy Davis Jr. Right. Like I got it. I wanted to be part of the Rack Pack too. But if I had swag, they'd be like, yo, you're really black. You're really hood. Right. And then when I'd come home and I would talk to kids about business, right? Guys who were like doing drugs in the street, I'm like, yo, you can make more money on a side hustle. Than doing what you're doing right now, and they're like, "Yo, come on, Uncle Tom," and I'm like, "Well, damn, like, what the fuck? Am I black or am I white now? Right? Well, I can't just be me, right? So, basketball was the one that it allowed me to take my frustration out on people, and I feel honestly that's what TV is for me now too. Like for the longest time, I had to conform to a bunch of norms of how people wanted me to be. Right? You should be this, or you don't talk with your hands, or try to talk this way, uh-huh. or try to look that way. And now I'm like, now TV is moving towards first off. The, the iPhone screen, that's where TV's moving towards. Right. And now, like, you know, my line on all my social handles, like, I, and I love Ye. I think Ye's weird in a lot of different ways, right. but I also respect how out of the box he is. Yeah, totally. Wise, right? Yo, I'm on TV talking like it's just fucking you and me. Right. Like, that's how I'm going to talk. Now, you may not like everything I have to say. Right. But you don't have to like what I can say. You can actually have a debate against me. I will like it. Right. Because that, that's how I talk to my boys when I talk about sports. Right. We argue about dumb right. shit. Right. And that's what life is. Right. It's cool. And especially sports. Yeah, all day long because it's subjective. Now, when, when, cause when you're saying what well, you don't like what you say, the social media of it all, it's like it's one thing to be a broadcaster even five, six. How long have you been a broadcaster? 11 years, Okay, man. so when you started, there's no Twitter. Yep. When you started, everything you say isn't sort of analyzed in the moment. It's like literally while you're talking, Jay doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Oh, I like what Jay said. The fuck Jay, he's a fucking asshole. Like, exactly. How has that changed for you? Has it made you gotten in your head at all? Like are you, what's your what's your twiddle, your Twitter attitude behavior like? I, I have to fucking work on my patience. I hear you. Okay, because first off, like that's that's my mentality. I'm a fighter. Right. Like, I've had to fight every single day of my life and it's weird. People are like, oh, you're killing it, you're doing your thing, but it's not enough for me. Like I want to kill it at the all time high. So that's my that's my mentality with everything I fucking do. Right. I, right. So when somebody says, Oh, you don't fucking know what you're talking about, or I've had people say to me, if they don't agree with the comment, like, oh, you probably hit your head too hard in that tree from that motorcycle wreck, like I automatically turn into the asshole where I start going through your timeline and I'm like, Oh, like this guy's a fucking picture of him with no socks on <laughs> or no shoes on at the urinal. I'm like this guy's a fucking asshole. And I want to almost take a screenshot of it and go back at him. Sometimes I do. I do it too. And sometimes I have to stop don't myself. Be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. I've done it too. I've done, I, I've screenshotted people and be like, what are you talking about? And like, it'll be them. I've even gotten into, when people talk real, when they, to me, when they step over a line of those, those, there's a certain line that I'm like, I'll talk. If you're, if you're popping shit and you're an anonymous faceless dude and you're popping shit and you have pictures of your kids as your avatar, then I'm going to talk about your kids because you're coming oh, in you here. You take it to that personal well, no, degree. No, because it's like I'm saying – because I'm not going to say <laughs> – By the like, way, I'm looking in your eyes right now, and I'm starting to get worried for you because no, no, I no, feel no, the no. fire. It's a, I'm embarrassed by this, Jason, <laughs> but I'm telling you I'm – embar- I'm not saying this proudly, but I'm saying if you're talking shit and you say – it's usually some race shit. Like of those course. things. You think you're black. You're fucking wigger. You're, you're a fucking sellout. You're a wannabe. And I'm like, your kids – are in your fucking profile picture, and one of them's cockeyed. So now I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about your cockeyed son. Like you should instead of worrying about me on Twitter, instead of worrying about me and like you know my hip hop love, you should worry about getting your son. Like he's seven or eight. Get that shit fixed before he starts trying to pick up chicks. Because nobody's fucking with your kid. With his cockeye. Like, See, it's pathetic. I, I, I would love to go there, but I can't because I work for Disney. I got right? you. So I also have to be somewhat cognizant of what's 
But you could say it in a, you could say it in see, a weird, yeah. you could say it in a thing. Say, say, I really appreciate what you're saying. And say, like, you know, I have a good eye doctor for your son. He seems to be a little cockeyed. <laughs> and then, and then you could be like, no, I was being serious. Like, I know a charity because you probably work with a lot of charities. Like, your son's cockeyed. So you just take it to the whole other yeah, mental like, so level. It's like I'm really. So they're like, oh, Jason's actually nice. Like he's he's worried about my son. He's fucked up. His eye is cocked. You know, the other one's like missing a finger. Like I could get that finger replaced on your your daughter looks fucked up. And maybe, you know, instead of talking shit about me, like, you guys go play a little three-on-three because your daughter's 27 pounds overweight. Don't come in my Twitter. Because I'm like, yo, you're coming in my shit, popping shit. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I lose my mind on how to handle stuff all the time. It's terrible. It's embarrassing. It is. But, you know, that's – look, I also think it's real, though. Yes. And that's why I like doing it sometimes, too, because, yeah, some shit that people say affects me. Right. Like, that's why my whole thing with LeBron and Charles Barkley, like, I did this whole moment of clarity on it. Like, I fucking loved it. Right. I loved it. Like, no, you know what? Like, LeBron's kept his head down for the longest fucking time. That dude's won chips. Now, regardless of whatever your fucking opinions are about LeBron James, whether you think he's the greatest ever. Did you say LeBron time. Blames or LeBron James? Wow, LeBron James. Oh, you said James. You, well, you call him Blames? I know. I just, I, some people call him Blames. Yo. No, I call him Blames. I, that's, that's I'd be one... blaming a lot of shit, too, if I wanted to beat Golden State. Yes. I'm trying to fucking, I understand with my current personnel roster right now that we're not equipped to be golden state. wait no stay focused i want to hear okay. you because i want to hear that too but stay stay on the charles and lebron thing because i want to hear what you have to say so i love the fact that first off barkley's my big brother right right like i think he talk about cutting through the clutter right like he says what, whatever's on his mind he right. does not care right was he right in his assessment of lebron at times yes right but i also like seeing lebron take shit personally because mm-hmm. now i'm starting to understand like what makes lebron lbj mm-hmm. like he, yeah, he has that shit to him that mm-hmm. he gets pissed off about. And, he, yeah, he might have attacked the personal character of Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. but also felt like when Charles Barkley called him whiny and said that he doesn't know how to win, like, you're attacking the character of LeBron, too, in a certain way. Absolutely. So I don't, I don't mind it. I actually want to see it because I like seeing LeBron James pissed off. I, 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 I totally agree, and I, I didn't mind it either. I don't know if, if, if it was, you know, like, uh, you know, like their bosses got involved. And, 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 you know, and obviously it's not like they're, like, fish fighting and it became personal, personal. Any, everything that he said about Barkley, we already knew. Fact. It's just hearing that LeBron say it. And, and, and I think it is good. I think it's such a fine line. I, like, I break LeBron James' balls all the time for for his on the court shit. Mm-hmm. I totally respect him as a, as a star. I totally respect him as a role model. So so I'll, I'll say that. But like I think you know it, it's got to be a lot of pressure trying to be like Mike, and then also in this social media thing. In this, you know, Mike wasn't you know playing ball with TNT. Mike wasn't playing ball in Twitter. Mm-hmm. We didn't hear from Mike. There was more of a mystery. That's that's a thing of the past. If you're a star now, you're gonna hear all. All, you're going to hear me, you're going to hear from you, you're going to hear from Barkley, Barkley's cousin, you know, everything. So it's, it's a different kind of thing for that transcendent person or anybody that's in, in the limelight, whether it's you, whether it's any NBA player, whether it's an actor, whether it's a politician. The fucking president's on fucking Twitter. Punching down constantly. Kellyanne Con. I mean, these people are accessible. Obviously, they don't read all of it, but they read some of it, just like you read your timeline. Oh, yeah. You know, so I saw your tweet to Kellyanne Conway, too. That was yeah, fucking Kellyanne Conway. So, so, I mean, I, I get it, you know, and I, and I, and I say that because I, I do bust his balls, but I understand the, the scrutiny. You talk about, like, people talk shit to you, people talk shit to me. Imagine fucking if you read through all LeBron James' mm-hmm. tweets. And, and as, as far as w- w- being, being a college basketball dude, and college basketball is such a ferocious, and the fan base is so ferocious in terms of race. And being, like, like, do you get crazy shit, racial shit thrown at you? On, on, on social media that you're just like, I can't even believe these people are like living I, I never I've never gotten racial shit thrown at me as far as it relates to sports. 
The only time I've ever had anything racial stuff related to me is through relationships, right? Mm. If you're dating somebody, somebody finds out who you're dating. Like there's a there's a weird thing too. Like as and it, I think it stimulates back from from slavery too, where it's like this oppressed culture that we have. Like look. Like, as, as a black man, I wasn't afforded the same educational opportunities that a lot of white people were. Right. Right? From back in the days, you know, 100 plus years being slaves. Right. You know, it, you're suppressed. Right. Right? And, like, I, I get it how there's anger sometimes that stipulates, like, even from, like, being a, a field slave compared to being a house slave. Right? There's animosity held towards light-skinned black people for right. a long time, right? right? Because they were considered privileged, right? right? The same way or if a slave master was to sleep with a field slave and they had a mulatto child, like right. that's why there was animosity towards mulattoes for a long time because right. they were considered to be privileged or they were going to be well taken care of or be in the house. Right. So like I find that stimulates more from that. Like right. When I date, like I should, as a black man, like I grew up in Jersey. I grew up in a melting pot, man. Like I never once was like, hey, I have to date a white woman or I have to date an Asian woman or I have to date a black woman. Like, right. My mom's always like, no, you're going to date somebody who's smart. Right. Like, I don't care what color they are. Like, I dated everybody. It doesn't right. matter to me. Right. But there's animosity and some tension sometimes yeah. when you're not dating somebody who's your race. Right. And I, I, that still fucking blows my mind that we live in a world that exists like that. It, That's the only time I feel heat on social about race. When they, they come at you. Yep. Or it's anything political. Like, if I happen to say, right. I'm independent. No, all they right? don't. So now you're a snowflake. Any, I'm a snowflake. Been... Oh, I'm like Jesus fucking Christ! Yo, I don't like, know where that stops. term came from. You fucking fuck with like they're snowflake. I'm like I, I'm a snowflake. What, what the what the fuck is that? What the fuck are you talking about? Like I don't know where that term was der- derived from, but it's some bullshit. I've always thought about snowflakes. Like snowflakes back where I came from. That's always like when you were talking about a white girl. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like my boy's like, oh yeah, I mess with these snowflakes. I'm like, oh all right, snow whatever. bunny, pink snow toe. bunny, yeah, yeah. This is the Iron Rap Poor Stereo podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I gotta ask you. All right, the, 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 the Charles Oakley of it all, you've been around the game so much, you're, you're, you're a Jersey guy, what the fuck, what do you think of the Knicks, are you like, you know, obviously you love basketball, you love pro basketball, love pro basketball, like would you say, like, who did you grow up being a fan of? Detroit Pistons. Okay. I, I was, look, I was, I was short, I was a Zeke fan, right. I loved Isaiah. Like, I never aspired to be Michael Jordan. I wasn't going to be 6'6 with a fucking 45-inch vertical. Right. Like, I had to find a person that was actually relatable to me. Right. And that was Isaiah Thomas. Like, okay. I was going to be quick and fast and had to learn how to shoot. Okay. So, Detroit Pistons. Well, since you brought up that Isaiah Thomas, how impressed are you with Isaiah Thomas, current Isaiah Thomas? It fucks me up that when people talk about Isaiah Thomas, they talk about the Boston Celtics Isaiah Thomas. Isn't it crazy? Like, I, it, it doesn't even register in people's minds that one of the greatest PGs to ever play the game, who played for Detroit, who's a perennial all-star, a Hall of Famer, is the Isaiah Thomas. Not to knock anything that IT is doing for Boston, because right. he's fucking killing it. Right. But, like, yo, he's, he's not no. he's not Zeke. No, 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 he's no, not no, Zeke. no, no. So we should put that in perspective. Right. He's killing it, but killing he's not it. Zeke. No, 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 he's not. I mean, and, and, and I, I totally agree, because if, if you grew up watching Isaiah Tom yeah. Zeke, you know, like he was, and he's fucking short too. Yeah, man, he's like six one. Yeah, and he was he was on. I mean, talk about a killer. Yo, 
See, that's that's that, that inner crazy competitiveness. That's you have where, to be crazy. You ha- don't, to don't be you, great at anything, you have to be but crazy. But don't you think a fucking little – I mean, you're not that big. But, like, these guys like Isaiah Thomas – now, guys like uh, uh, Spud Webb, I think Muggsy Bogues should be evaluated for mental, mental, mental. Like, I agree with you. He, he should be. You know, how they have these. You know, think big. These Apple. They'll be like. They'll have like Einstein. They'll have this person. Muggsy Bogues should be there because if you're five three, and you even consider playing in the NBA, I want to put you in Bellevue and get you. You should be like looked at because that's so fucking nuts. Like Glenn, um, Nate Robinson, you're gonna win the dunk contest. You're five fucking seven. You're you're nuts. Mm-hmm. And those guys are usually the toughest. Talk about, I mean, like, I wouldn't want to fight Muggsy Bogues. I wouldn't want to fight Nate Robinson because they're, they're like Allen Iverson, these little fucking guys. You're psychotic. You, you believe you can do anything. You're crazy. You're not seeing the world the way other people. You're 5'3", you're Spud Webb, you're 5'7", and you're playing in the NBA. and You're 5'7", and you weigh about 140, Spud Webb, mm-hmm. 150 pounds, and you're winning dunk contests. You're a fucking nut job. Well, but that's what blows my mind about regular society right like football basketball whatever the sport may be like you always have to be like you have to be crazy to fucking get hit every single down nuts you have to be are you, and, and, and enjoy it and some dudes love it right I'm like that's kind of some fucked up weird shit that i can't even tap into like right. i don't like to be hit like you hit me once that's a fucking foul you got four <laughs> more times to hit me like that and your ass is fucking fouled out of the game like somebody's yeah. just like yeah hit me harder run through me like yo ryan clark's one of my boys he used to play for pittsburgh right and he would show me clips he's like where he would try to he would try to knock people out with a hit. He was like, "No, I'm trying to put people to sleep every single time." Like, "Yeah, I want you to suffer a concussion." Right. Like that's how I'm built. Right. I'm like, "Damn, dude, okay." Like, so in order to achieve anything at a high manner, you have to be great. But people expect that greatness to turn off once you step off the court. Like Oakley, don't be psychotic because now you're not playing. That's always been who Oakley fucking is. Right. Why else do you think the Knicks brought out seven fucking dudes? To try to calm him down. Like that whole situation, okay, I'm going to write an article about this because it really pisses me off, all right? I, I've heard your rant, too. Yeah. And you're right on point. You know how you ruin franchises? How? You let them be ran by petulant children. Just saying the same thing about fucking, Magic Johnson wants to take over the Lakers. Right here. Bye. Right here. Leave it, leave it. Uh, bye. You don't know anything, bus. I don't give a fuck how long you've been around the game. I've never seen you make a fucking layup. Magic Johnson wants to run, wants to run the franchise. You go, okay. It's not like just fucking Joe Schmo. It's not even a question. Go. It's Magic Johnson. I'm going to remove myself away from this situation like any other CEO would do. I'm going to sleep better at night. Exactly. Like an owner would do and actually allow somebody, if, as long as he promises to dedicate his time, to make those decisions that I'm not fucking able to make. You I'm know not Magic's going to Magic's a fucking winner. He's not doing it for the money. He was at the UCLA game studying Lonzo Ball. He, we Magic saw him Johnson. Side, watching him. So, so, so go ahead about the Knicks so and, and it, the owners. It, it's like... First off, I, I and he's my boy, and I think he'll attest to this. Like one of the first decisions the Knicks made that where it caught my attention, where I was like, "What? What are we doing as a Knicks fan? Like, what are we kind of doing?" We gave Allen Houston a hundred million dollars. I know it's going back, and I love Allen. No, but it, only, it, it led only to us to, now. We're, we're still cleaning that mess. There's up. only three to four teams that can offer <laughs> Allen at that time over sixty million. Right, and Allen's team, Allen will even tell you. His team didn't think they were going to get anything over $60 million. Right. And the Knicks gave him $100 million. I mean, so then for James Dolan to finally, finally remove himself from head of basketball operations. The mess was – it was like when Obama came in. You're like, what? The mess, was, the mess was already there. And then you bring in Phil. And first off, as soon as Phil said he wants to run the triangle, like I almost – I was on air. I almost threw my mic to the ground because I played in the triangle. I'm like, oh, you have to be fucking kidding me. You're going to try to run we, the triangle? We can't show it. 
but in, in, in a nutshell, like as much as you could articulate it in basic terms, and you don't have to go into a long thing. What is the triangle the, for, for po- in podcast world? Like, what is it like so you could articulate without seeing it? It's an offense that is conducive to passing the ball. It gets people involved. But it, it makes your team extremely robotic until you've had all the cuts understood. Like okay. Thoroughly understood. So the triangle is for every pass, there's a different cut that I have to make. Mm-hmm. So if I, you know, there's locations, obviously. So if I pass the ball to the wing. There's a series of cuts that lead after that pass, depending upon where that next person passes the ball to. Okay. So he can pass it to the pinch post, which is the elbow. He can pass the ball to the top of the key or the skip. So for each of those three different fucking passes, there's a different cut that I'm supposed to make. Right. So think about it. By the time I bring the ball up the court, where are we at? 20, 21 right. seconds if on the shot rush. clock? If you rush, right? If you're not being pressured. By the time <laughs> I make the first pass and I cut to the corner, if I pass the ball to the wing, we're at 17. So – it's one of those offenses where you're like you're thinking the whole shot clock. Where the fuck am I supposed to be next? Instead of just playing, instead of just reacting right. and playing. Right. Like and by the way, you don't see teams with great point guards play the triangle because mm. it takes the ball out of their hands. Right. You see teams with like a Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or Shaquille O'Neal. Right. Right. It's built for a great wing or a great low post player. I got you. So maybe mellow, but you don't. You don't have a great post player. I got you. You have Derek. Like, why are you making Derek Rose try to learn how to play the triangle? Right. Like, Let why are you taking the go. ball out of his fucking hands? Right. Play faster. Like, play it up tempo. Like, press. If you if you were a Knicks GM, and 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 you know, and and what would you do based on everything you know about pro basketball? How much you understand about college basketball? Where they are now? We have a draft pick. You're you're running the Knicks. Phil, you're gone. He's back. You go to Montana. You come to L.A. You get on your peyote. You're done. Jason's running the Knicks. What would you do to fix? Reload. I'm going to go young. I'm going to go young the same way the Celtics went young. I'm going to acquire assets the same way Philly for a long time did it, even though Sam Hinkie, people hated on him. You acquire assets. You start building up trade value. And then once you get the right kind of assets, if you want to trade for the right pieces, then you start building up that way. But you can't be in this, this, uh, you know, this platform right now where you don't know whether you want to go young or you want to go old. Right. Where you're like, like what, what are we doing? Like, why would you bring on Joakim Noah, I think, four years, 70-plus million dollars when he's coming off injuries? Like, wh- what are you trying to build? Like, you're, you're not going to be able to compete with Cleveland right now. It's the second year in a row that they started off strong and they just flatlined. Like, think about what this fucking year has done. I know, done. man. Like, I, I love D-Rose. D-Rose I goes know. AWOL. <laughs> I know. He goes AWOL and doesn't show up to a game or to a practice. <laughs> Like, Phil Jackson is subliminally tweeting about your star fucking player? Like, what the fuck is happening? James Dolan is kicking out all-time legends, like, at a game. And then the (laughs) next game is sitting next to two other black all-time legends. Like, how... And one of them, who's are, the Charles P. Well, the Charles, who's fucking crazy, too. Coach and Charles, Charles Gundy. My, my dude, but it's like, Dolan, come on. You, you, you think that you're fooling anybody? Oh, come on. You're not fooling anybody. We, we, and, then, and, then like, and, and 2017 has been a shit year for ban. Stop saying the word ban because it didn't work for Trump and it it's didn't work, work for, for fucking you. Oakley. God. They should be banning bans the whole year. Anybody who's saying ban should be banned from something. Well, even if he did get kicked out, don't fucking throw your legend under the bus in the media. 
And Don't then say they that he has fired the guy. Problems. The whole thing is them. And and now that they they they, they took the ban off, and I, and you know some people are like, well, Oakland needs to chill. It's like, no, you know what? I'm walking around New York and every single fuck. Like it's like I understand where. First of all, you know people are like, well, he sounds crazy. Oakley's never been a talker. Oakley's been an ass kicker. He's always sound crazy. He's always, That's always been. He's a, on that Virginia is. shit. So like, don't so like people like being derogatory about him. He sounds. He's not on that. He's from he's from the south, and he you never heard him talk that much. His whole tenure in the NBA until these last few this last week because he's been you know on blast, and now it's like it's a it, it's literally when I was thinking of it, watching Charles get thrown out of the garden the way he did, and like. You know, those guys jumping on him and him going to the ground and the, the irony of it. It was of Shakespearean proportions hmm. because it wasn't just an old Nick. It wasn't it, it was it was Oakley who represents the Knicks, the life, the life in the Knicks organization. Like he was the energy of the MSG. Like every time I watch Oak play, man, like I felt like there was nothing that team could not achieve because Oak was going to be the first one to dive on the floor. He would be the first one to back up Patrick Ewing or fight somebody. Like, and it was in New York. He's in New York. It felt like he was one of us. And we're not talking about Soho and gentrified Manhattan and hipster Brooklyn. We're talking about the working class people. And and to see him get dragged out and to go down like that and, and it to happen on national TV and, and the whole thing. And now you got Jordan involved. And I love that magic because like some people are like, well, Oakley's just as crazy. And magic was on ESPN. Yesterday, saying I fuck with Oakley. Oakley's mm-hmm. my friend. We play card. We play cards. I was like, this isn't just some fucking dude. Like those, those, like Jordan, and Magic Johnson have said we 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 give the stamp of approval for this dude. Call him Uncle Oak, man. Everybody calls him Uncle Oak. Well, even back to James Dolan, though, real quick. It, it's funny. Like, like how do you as an owner, right? And like I said, my favorite player of all time was Zeke. But like, obviously, Zeke goes through this whole rape allegation. Right? He goes through the whole rape allegation. He gets let go of his job. And then you tell me within a year he comes back and then he's a general manager of the New York Liberty? Let me tell you something. How is that possible? If your boy Vin Baker, let's just say Vin Baker. Let's say my man Vin Baker. I don't want to throw Vin under the bus. Let's say, let's say this. Let's say Joe Schmo. I don't even want to put you in this situation. Let's just say fucking Joe Schmo at the Starbucks downstairs gets fired for sexually harassing at the Starbucks. The Starbucks is never going to call you back a year later and see. Hey, like, can you be job. our advisor? Oh my god! We 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 we're not, we can't hire you. We we just cost us twelve million dollars. But Joe Schmo, can you be our advisor? There's no ties. I don't. I, I don't even. I love Zeke. I don't even want to get into the whole fucking thing. I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't. Well, it's have not to- his fault. I mean, well, look. Whatever happened with him in his past. That's on him. I don't know all the details mm-hmm. of that story, but it's not his fault that he's being rehired by James Dolan. Right. Like. How are you going to turn Can't down a chance to make more millions of dollars? Like, Junior wants to hustle. All day long. I want to make money. So so aside from blowing it up, who the Knicks finally have a draft pick. I don't think we have a draft pick since fucking, I don't know, the 80s. Hmm. It doesn't feel like we've been in a draft since Patrick Ewing. I'm, I'm being facetious. We've, got, we've gotten some people. We have a draft pick. We're going young. We're, we're, we're essentially blowing it up is what you're yep. saying. Yeah, you should blow it up. We, we somehow wind up with the first pick. It's never really been blown up the right way. I know. It's never been truly blown up. Truly. I feel like you can't do that in New York because what Philly's gone through, and now they finally seem to be coming out on the other side. I don't think – I mean, I, I, I get why – But here's it, the thing. We, people always say, well, you know, New Yorkers, we're not going to be patient. I'm like, but we have been patient. We've been patient with the shit show that's been occurring for the last 15 years. Right. So what's another year or two? I get it. Like, actually to see the momentum go in the right direction. I get it. I get it. I mean, saying, like, if I, if I were to go into this year's draft, like, I would – we need a real point guard, man. 
So who we, who are the guys that for, that are in coming up that lo- are NBA ready? I love Lonzo Ball. Is he an NBA point guard? He's 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 the next coming of Jason Kidd. Is he I'm, really? I'm not fucking throwing hype. I mean, I don't know if he'll have the size of Jason Kidd, and the, but the strength of Jason Kidd, but so much of the league is what I just talked to you about, that Steve Nash story about that screen. Like he's, he's one of the best I've seen in a long time at understanding how an offense works. And there's certain players that come into an organization and you just feel the energy around them where you're like, yo, this is the type of leader. These, these are the type of players we need. He makes passing an epidemic. Like he makes it. Like, he makes everybody want to pass the ball to be more, and I think that's kind of an electrifying player that New York needs. So you think he's the real deal? I do. Who, who else coming up from this draft outside of the Knicks? Who are the top five kids coming out of college that are, are, are in this draft that you say watch out for? I would go with uh, a kid named Dennis Smith Jr. He plays for NC State. Right. He's a, he's a fucking savage. Point guard. He'll try to – but he's a scoring PG. Right. Like, he reminds me a little bit of, like uh, – like how like Zach Levine is like a tag. Like he's like a Zach Levine and Kyle Lowry combined. Okay. Like because he has, he has a forty one inch vertical. Right. Like he can jump out the gym and the the kid shoot can shoot the ball from anywhere he wants. Okay. He has unlimited range and he's he has that crazy inside of him. Okay. He has that type of mentality. Okay. Uh, you have another kid named Markel Fultz who's from Washington. Okay. He's like um, he reminds me a little bit of Brandon Roy, but he's more of a PG. But once again, like he has that shit to him, right? Like. He made JV going into his junior year. Like he got, he didn't make varsity. Right. So it's been like this late bloomer. Like that's how I was. Right. Like I didn't get a lot of attention until I became a senior in high school. Okay. So you're pissed off your whole life because right. you haven't got that attention. Right. right? Um, Josh Jackson, yo, I, I, I can actually see Josh Jackson being a Nick. Really? Yeah, because he he reminds me a little bit of like Kawhi Leonard. He's like a little bit of like a like a the trail. Mm-hmm. He can't shoot the ball like Spree, mm-hmm. but. You know how we appreciate that blue-collar, work-like mentality? And I think in New York... It'll be appreciated. It'll be appreciated. And the teams that we talk about, the old, old Knicks, the DeBushers, the Willis-Reeds, that team, and the 90s Knicks, one of the things is because New Yorkers related to it. Mm -hmm. It's like we've never had a star, star, star. Even Patrick, as our biggest star of recent... He was a fucking tough guy. He didn't smile. He was a fucking goon. He scowled. Our star scowled like the guys we love. John Starks He's a fucking lunatic. He'll always get a standing ovation. Agreed. The old Knicks, DeBusher, Willis Reed, Clyde, like they represented in a way. It's like you can't really think this through and plan this, but they represented the city somehow. It's so funny how it's such a, it's such a complete opposite direction of like L.A. Right? Like you think it's like, weird, like, right? Kobe, like, but it's like it, that's the natural roots of the city. Like L.A., like Showtime. Kobe, yeah, Kobe, Showtime, Magic. Like Kobe would take his his helicopter from his house to the gym. Like where in New York, you're like, no, nah, like you would see dudes on the subway. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just that's how it is. It's a weird thing. You can you can't like a, a GM kick. Oh, I need guys that are lunch pocket. But but I think in a, like I think there's certain guys that'll be appreciated more in New York in other places. And I think Josh Jackson is one of those dudes because okay. you know what. He'll try to give you 20, but it's not going to be the 20 where he's getting iso like Carmelo Anthony. It's a work-like mentality 20. Like He'll go up and get you like four offensive rebounds and dunk the ball. He'll catch a bang on somebody in transition. He hits a three that was built off the right play, right? Like He's that type of dude. And then also on the defensive end, he's that motherfucker that will wait for you at the half-court mm. line and just starts clapping his hands, and you see him licking his lips. Like, I can't wait to fucking lock you up. Right. I can't wait but for the time the game is over, when that last sound, when that last bell rings, you're going to have scratch marks all over your fucking arms. Right. Like, your jersey 
is going to be all disshuffled. Right. Mentally, you're going to be bitching at the ref the whole time because I'm fouling you, right. but they're not going to call it. Like, he's that type of personality. I like that. I like like, that's that. that grit that I feel like New York really needs. I totally agree. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get ready to wrap this up. Your boy, Grayson Allen, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. Like, you, you, you know this. So many people couldn't fucking stand Duke. I couldn't fucking stand you. I couldn't Why? Stand you. Why? Fuck. Why? Just because I was, first of all, AC, at the time, ACC, Big East. I'm Big East. It's like there was a competitive, like ACC well, I was, was. Big East too, but Big East, we broke up, man. I know, I know. I get me. it. I get it. But I'm saying, like, I was like St. John's, Syracuse. I was like always Duke. Like, fuck Duke. Like, I'm George. Like, my team was St. John's, Syracuse. By the time you got there, those teams weren't. What I grew up yeah, on. We won't talk about Chris Mullen. We could talk about that next episode. That's my fucking guy. I love him. Fucking Is guy. Is he going to be around? See, that's what I'm talking about. That's a deeper conversation. That, I love I him can't, too. I'm not ready for that's that. That's my dude. You see, you're going to make me cry. Make me I cry. I know. All right, we'll talk about that another time. Go ahead. You want to make me cry? No, I don't want to make. I don't want to be Roy Firestone. You want to talk about? You want to make me cry about Chris? Chris Mullen is my guy. First of all, left-handed shooter. I'm from known New as York. a shooter. Okay, Chris Mullen, like Chris Mullen's like my like I love Chris Mullen. Like there's a handful of people that I've met throughout the years. Like I'm cool with Chris. Like I can text Chris, but like I'm always like to this day I'm 46 years old. I text Chris Mullen. I'm like, like my heart races. Like, like is he gonna respond back? What yeah, is he gonna say? Right, because like St. John, like Chris Mullen was my dude. But that whole era of Big East players, like Pearl, you know, late great Pearl, Watch, yeah, yeah. like those are my guys. So, but that's who I fell in love. So why I hate Duke? Everybody fucking hated Duke. Agreed. I can't even yeah. say the coach's name. Yeah, you, you just said, you said Krzyzewski today. Is the, but isn't that a common thing? No. No, just no, just you. I but broke that's, that's, what makes you, that's what makes this show fucking dope. That it's you saying it. Okay. What was that? What was my question? Oh, so your Grace boy Grace. So I like that he trips people. I like that he's a wild card because when I played ball, I'd fucking I'd go up for a left-handed shot and I'd hit you with my right hand. I don't mind fucking dirty play. I like wild cards and I like a wild card at Duke because you know as far as we talk about race, he's a white dude. He looks he plays ball, but then he's like a little bit fucking nuts. What do you think of that whole thing with him? And will Grayson Allen does he have the game to play in the NBA or will he be in Europe? The, his game is his game is interesting, right? Uh, I thought last year, if he were to leave, he would have been a higher draft pick because the draft class is weaker last year. But look, I, I appreciate the certain element of crazy. Now, I was put in a very difficult position because, look, when you're seeing somebody trip somebody on national TV, I can't necessarily come out. I, I did dirty stuff too, right? I, I'm holding players' jerseys, right? I'm stepping on people's shoes, right? Like I'm grabbing you. I'm not tripping dudes now. First time it happens, I'm like, all right, right, like whatever. Shit happens in the game. Like I get crazy competitive too. Second time it happens, you're like, damn, dude. Like, all right, it's not like it's not like it happens and nobody sees it, right? And I think that's the point where it fucking blew people's mind because you're able to watch it. And the, our culture now is we show that shit over and over and over, right? And everybody has a hot take on it, right? So and it's I, a Duke player. Well, the thing is, though, too, when you think about Duke, you think about Coach K. It's almost like you think about Camelot. Yes. By the King Arthur, the Knights at the Round Table. Yes. You hold yourself to the standard of yes. excellence. And then you're allowing this kid to do this. Yes. And you're looking for King Arthur to say, no, this shit's not acceptable here. Yes. Now, Coach K handled it the way he handled it. I, I didn't disagree. I, I, I disagree with the way he handled it. It's fine. I, I'm not a Hall of Famer. I didn't win five what championships. What would you have done? What would you have done? I would have just sat him out for so three now games. So now firing you from the Knicks and you're, you're running me Duke. To Duke. I would have I sat him down for three games. Not for the fucking media. Not for... You know, analysts or people that called out for, I would have done it for Grayson. So I could say, hey, look, I know who you are. Like, look, I gravitate towards Grayson. Like, I wore, like, you know, people think Christian Leitner, he's hated. 
I love Christian Leitner because Christian Leitner was crazy, right? I was a little crazy too. There's a part of me, I wore a game day shirt that says, I love Grace Allen too mm-hmm. because I played with that same kind of psychotic nature. Right. Right? Because you had to have something different mentally to be great. Right. But like at the same time, I, I want Grayson to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like I want him to get drafted and be able to live this life he's always wanted to live. And sometimes when you, when you can't take a second to just take a step back and sit down and think about mm-hmm. what you went through, you don't really know what you did, mm-hmm. right? It, it's like Will Ferrell in old school, but that point where he gets up on the podium and he answers a fucking question, he comes down, he's like, what happened? What I said? <laughs> like, that's how basketball games were for me, right? Like, that's how basketball games are for anybody who gets a loss in that competitive style of play that mm-hmm. you're playing. So I just wish he had a little bit more time to reflect upon it, but yo... He's putting in work. He's killing people right now. Right. And that's all you I... You think he's come on the other side of it? I think so, but that's all I want for any of these fucking... Like, I don't care if you play for Kentucky. Right. I don't care if you play for the, the Nets. I didn't like the Nets growing up. Right. But, yo, I, I want all my dudes to get what they deserve. Absolutely. I want... I want Mint your money. Absolutely. Everybody else is making money. Grayson, I want you to get your fucking money, and I don't want you to do anything that can damage your credibility as a draft pick. Right. That's where I get worried about What year is he in his... He's a junior now. So you think he'll stay? I think he's going to have to stay. I think this year's draft class, class coming up is one of the deepest we've had in a long time. So, Will look, these guys be NBA ready in this draft class? Because I'm tired of seeing these. What, what's my man's name on the Lakers? The young kid? D'Angelo Russell? No, no, the fucking, fucking kid who looks like he should Brandon be. Brandon Ingram. Okay, I love him. He's got talent. These kids aren't even finished with puberty. Some of these you. fucking kids. They're not NBA. They're pro- like in three years, he'll be a good player. Like even Porzingis. Now, it's a different story because he didn't play college. But-, but wait a second. Were you ready to be a great actor when you started acting? It's different, though. How, though? You're getting your foot in the door. You're making money. No, I get that. I, I totally understand it. But, yes, I, th- I think it's different because I don't think, like, uh, uh, um, some of these kids, they're coming in and, like, they'll be great in three years. And I get, like, it's worth getting because the greatness will pay off. An actor, Leonardo DiCaprio at 19. You, you felt it. You and you're it. getting kick, You could get a nomination as opposed to you know, you'll sit on the bench. We'll give you six minutes. And you're the first. So it's, it, but I get what you're saying. But I just think that do you think the AAUification and the one and done culture and the fact that the NBA will go, fuck it. He's only 116 pounds, but in two years, he'll be 216 pounds and, and we'll draft him now. The, the NBA ready guys, you say this is a, a deep class. Will it be guys that okay, impact teams Right away. I think there are a couple of guys that There's can. a couple of guys. Yeah, there are a couple of guys that who can. Would the, who would be the one guy next year that you say, who's next year's rookie of the year? Dependent, well, the a lot depends injuries. upon fit. Okay. A lot depends upon fit, too. What team they go to? You go to New York, your chances are probably fucked up. Right. Um, there ain't no rookie of the year coming out of I would. I would probably go Dennis Smith Jr. Okay. Just because I think NBA-wise, he'll be, he'll be able to get it because he's used to that. I got you. Very quick. Um, but I can't, I can't, I don't think a lot of dudes are NBA ready. But my thing is, as a player, I don't give a shit if I'm NBA ready or not. There's only a certain amount of time I have to play this right. fucking game. Go in there, do right? it. So, like, I'm trying to, and this is the thing a lot of people don't think about. When you get drafted, I'm trying to get to my second contract as quick as possible. So if I can get to my second contract, and you know, I come out of school at 18, at 22, then I can get my next contract at 26. Then I may be able to get another contract at 30, then maybe one more at 34, as opposed to staying in school for three years. And now I'm getting my first contract at 21, I might not get in my second t- contract until 25. I got you. So, like, that's maybe a con- that maybe a loss of $100 million. I got you. If it- so I'm trying to get out as quick as possible because I don't care what anybody says. The NBA game is completely different than the college game. Okay. Yo, we got 30-second shot clocks. Right. Right? Like, there's no illegal defense. Like, you can have four people sit with their feet in the lane. Right. It's a completely different game. Right. So, like, I'm not going to knock any kid that wants to come out as soon as possible. Okay. Actually, I would tell them to do that. I would tell a lot of kids, even if you don't want to play, like if you don't want to go to college, go overseas and make money. 
go overseas for a year to make money. Now, it might be a shitty situation. You might not get the same visibility you'll get on the collegiate level, but you'll go over there, you'll make money, and I guarantee you that your game will be better suited for the league because they play more of an NBA-like style over in Europe. We're the only we're the only place in the world that plays with a 30-second shot clock. Right. In the fucking world, Mike. Right, right. Kids over in Europe are playing with 24-second shot clocks. Right. From the time they're babies. Right. But we're still, nope, that's 10-second. Like, we have all these antiquated rules, right. man. It's right. Because it's the college game. Right. So. All right, Jake. We could go on and on and on about your Giants. They're my Giants, too. You play fantasy football? I do. Oh. What do you think about us giving up Victor Cruz? I think it's the right I move. I think it's the right move. I know. It's tough. I hate business. to say it because I love him. But I, I think, think it's, it's time. Right I think Victor, I think, I hope, I love, first, we don't have to go into the adoration of how much I love Victor. Yeah. Jersey guy, his yep. story. You know, I, I, See, I know. That's, I that's what I get from most Giants fans. Because he, he, he hit the heartstrings and he showed improved and like the story and like his heart was like you felt as fucking like it was talk about a guy who was New York exactly and you felt his exuberance. He'll always be beloved. I hope he continues as an NFL player. The thing about him, if his body is broken down, there'll be a, there'll be there'll be other avenues, whether it's broadcasting Coaching because he's so beloved and he's, he's so such good. a he's such a sweet guy. But see, he's way more New York to me than Odell Beckham Jr. is. Like totally OBJ, o- like o- o- OBJ Soho. OBJ, yeah, be, I don't know. I just feel like o- o- OBJ totally, is way more Hollywood. Like, I totally fucking like OBJ agree. will fucking just leave us in a heartbeat to go to another team. Like it's not the same rooted love. I, I gotta end this podcast. You're gonna get me fucking nuts with OBJ. I, I'm totally All with right. you. All I'm right. totally with you. You do play fantasy football. Yeah. Next year, you want to get this work right here? Oh, I'm in. Oh, you want this work? Let's get it. Oh, shit. I mean, I'm sure. What's my, your team name? Uh, Rappaport's Delight, a.k.a. A History of Violence, a.k.a. That Thing's Big, a.k.a. Make It Stop, Make It Stop. That's, Damn. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I oh, get, no, so I, it's serious like that. Oh, I get busy. But Rappaport's Delight is what I'm known as, okay. and then it go into a.k.a.s. Okay. Okay. I like that. So, so I, we, we could, like, I don't know if you're in season long or we, you know, we could go head up. We uh, can do you whatever know. you want to do. Oh, I'll play yes. any fantasy league yes. you want to with your boys. Yes. We'll, we'll do this. We'll yes. make it happen. Yes. All right, cool. But we're going to do another podcast before uh, 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 NFL season. This was a fucking pleasure. This was dope. I, I hate to cut it short because Jason's, Jason's cousin is David Tyree. So we could have gone down a whole rabbit hole of NFL and the craziness of that. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate this. It was dope. Much love and respect, baby. It was fucking dope. Pleasure.